0: The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkill will take the shape of the earth, wind,
1: water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hello, Uh, welcome to yet another Piercing Wizard podcast. Uh, I am Ryan and with me is my lovely co-host. Please introduce yourself.
0: Hi, my name is Lola Slider and I'm the piercer and owner of Forest Piercing in Glasgow, Scotland and a co-host of this podcast with Ryan
1: Willett. Uh Before we get into it, uh, I just want to say that i I wasn't terribly close to, uh, Carla Grimes, uh, the, the piercing industry would, would better know her as Pinky, uh, Carla Pinky Grimes, um, passed away recently. And, um, I I didn't know her terribly well, but we met at a a couple of different education events. Um, I did a, a seminar out in Arizona at Wholehearted and Carla was one of the attendees there. Just seemed like a lovely person, really dedicated to, to body piercing. Whenever I would be doing any sort of online education, I would see them as, as one of the people in the class, and they always just seem really dedicated to their craft. Uh, unfortunately, they they passed away um, th- this past week, so I just wanted to send my condolences to uh, the friends and family of, of Carla uh, and say that you're in our thoughts and to um, rest in power. So uh, that being said, we wanted to talk about some piercer education primarily on this episode september for there's that that category of body piercer like traveling instructor and it's a small it's a small group but typically when we when we teach at conferences we see the same faces admittedly a lot of them are american faces but we kind of see the same people um and it's conference season basically coming up so over the course of september We're going to be doing several education events uh, over the fall in general. We're doing a a lot of education. So I wanted to talk about where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing, but also explain a little bit about some of the the work that that goes into it and a a couple other things along the way. So um, why don't you start off with uh, the the new video that we recently published? Uh, If you want to maybe talk a little bit about the subject matter and and why it was important to you to release it the way that you did.
0: So uh, Ryan's referring to the predicting and preventing predatory behavior class supplement um, that we released just a few days ago. Uh, This was a class supplement that I first wrote I think four, at least four years ago now um, when I did the first iteration of my Prince Albert class. And When I wrote the Prince Albert class, like when I write any class, my mind goes off on a lot of tangents and I really have to reground myself with beginning at the beginning and going from there. And I kept coming back with PA piercings in particular, not just because they're PAs, but because they're a genital piercing to the fact that nobody should really be going ahead and doing this work without having at least a fundamental understanding of the increased risk Um, that you're exposing yourself to when it comes to inappropriate behavior at work, unfortunately. Um, And despite our best efforts at professionalism, it is more likely to occur when we're offering general work. So I just didn't feel right promoting the piercing without also promoting doing it safely from the perspective of keeping yourself safe as well as your customer safe. So that's how I ended up basically writing this uh, supplement to the class that's a preface to the class that's usually about 20 minutes, half an hour depending. Um, And we discuss all of those topics before we get into the technique element of the class. So um, I think a lot of people were a bit surprised at that when they went to see the class for the first time, because they maybe weren't expecting to do the supplement as well but I got really good feedback from it Um, it's been through a few revisions like all of my classes have been through a few revisions every time I do them I do revisions to make sure they're as up to date as they can be and um, I did the class a few times and there were a few instances over the past couple of years where a piercer's had a bad experience at work during a general consultation or appointment and uh piercers have either sought me out in person or online or been or i've been tagged in things or people have been directed to reach out to me for us to, to ask for tips and advice as to what i do to screen my clients or vet my clients to help prevent this occurring as much um and it finally got to the point a couple of months ago where i was like we should just film the supplement and make it freely available um just so that it's there as a resource ahead of time um, because, and this was something that I said to a piercer who had, who had experienced an incident at work immediately following an incident is the worst time to learn how you could have prevented the incident or how the incident could have gone differently. Like it's the worst time. Like it, it's like, if you drop a cup and smash the cup, it's the worst time for someone to be like, you know, if you do this and that that's it's, it's just it's frustrating and it, it also can instill in people uh, a sense of uh, self-doubt and self-blame because it makes them feel like, oh, is there something I could have done differently? And the point I always want to make primarily is the only person who can stop predatory behavior is the person doing the predatory behavior. Um, mm. So this is really just um, advice on how to set yourself up to be as safe as possible in that environment. Um, So I, I really wanted it to be available all the time ahead of time for anybody that needs it really, um, because there's not really a lot of information out there about this that's just being talked about frankly, but it happens so much. It seems like it was almost a bizarre void. So um, we, we made it, you filmed it for me and you did the video editing, the subtitling and put it up on your Patreon as a free video. So that it would reach the most amount of people, um, without anybody having to register or pay anything. So um, I appreciate you hosting it for me.
1: Well, I appreciate you being thoughtful enough to to write the class in the first place. Because my my thought process on the whole concept of predatory behavior has really had to evolve since the first time I I really heard you explicitly reference it. Because I think. Plenty of professional piercers have talked about it implicitly where they've been like, oh, yeah, every now and then somebody can say or do something inappropriate or you would see somebody post in a forum like, oh, yeah, I got another phone call or, or you know, creepy contact email or something like that. And um, admittedly, I was one of the the piercers who for years I would just kind of brush it off and be like, yeah, you know, it just kind of it's just it's part of it but the way that you articulate that like yeah but it 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 shouldn't be that shouldn't just be part of of anybody's job and it's not that we're piercers it's just the private environment we create is susceptible to that kind of behavior
0: well i think with all kinds of education i always have this worry that like what if everyone already knows this you know or what if what if i'm what if this is something that everyone knows and i'm just being silly and thinking people need to know this But with this particular subject, I really just felt that even if one person doesn't know this, it's worth making it. And it's worth putting out there because I kept coming back to the fact that I was 20, maybe 21 when I started doing uh, genital piercing. So I'm 20, 21 years old. I'm doing I'm doing walk in genital piercing as well. There wasn't any kind of vetting in place. And I was exposed to a lot of negative behavior. And through that behavior, I developed the policies that I have now. Nobody gave them to me. Nobody put them in place for me to begin with or gave me any advice or starting points in terms of what you should be doing or what you should be looking out for. Um, so it was just complete exposure to anything that walked in. And it it was through all of those experiences that I was able to hone in on um, procedural practices that created a safer working environment for me and for my co-workers as well. Um, and it made a huge difference and a really, really big difference in terms of the amount of incidents that took place almost straight away when I made those changes. Um, so I know that it works. And I just keep thinking, like, if somebody had said that stuff to me or explained it to me when I was 20, there would have been a ton of negative experiences I just didn't have you know, or far fewer that I had. So I think that it is valuable. Um, and if there are people in situations where they're thinking, you know, I've I've never had this happen. I've never observed this happening to myself or a coworker. Like, that's awesome. Like, I'm really pleased about that. But I'm not really writing the class with that in mind. I'm writing it for like my 20 year old self.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's a great piece of education. Um. Watching it through the lens of where I am in my career, I can absolutely see several incidents that have taken place over my career where I I probably could have done a better job to predict and prevent, to to say the name, um, rather than just like, well, how do I deal with it? How do I manage the scenario? Rather than what can I do to maybe not have the scenario happen in the first place? And it's not because we're offering genital piercings it's not because we're body piercers and we're tattooed people and stuff like that it's that we offer a private and intimate service behind a closed door very often and people who are predatory will see that as a target of opportunity in ways and you reference a lot of other comparable industries like waxers and massage therapists and things like that and how they they deal with a lot of a lot of similar behavior
0: yeah. And that's one of the things that we really kind of delve into in the the class supplement is the kind of differences in different types of behavior as well. And what type of behavior might, might be um, inappropriate, but it's something that can be resolved. It can, it's something that it can be corrected, yeah. like corrected. And you can you can keep the client. You can keep working just with a small correction. And then there's other behavior that's more dangerous, that's more predatory and more alarming, where it's like this isn't someone that you should keep trying with and I think as well it's important to say and we go into we go into this more in the in the class so I would just watch the class but a lot of people will have had experiences and either like not realize the severity or maybe they'll feel like latently guilty that they didn't do anything or say anything I don't I don't want anybody to feel that way you know like they should have done something or like feeling bad it's more about like having somebody explain things that you can do going forward and how you can mm-hmm. change behavior going forward to make things better for you and your co-workers and i think sometimes all it takes is for one person to be supportive of that because that's what it was for me i had um for a couple of years that same unsafe system of working an incident took place that really shook me up and i spoke to my manager who was a fantastic woman and um, just really probably the first woman in body art that I've worked with. And she wasn't she didn't even have a history in body art. Um, she had uh, worked before in sports marketing. So she was used to working in an environment with lots of very loud, bossy, arrogant males. So perfect for a tattoo studio. Um, so she was a very, very bold person. And I like said to her what had happened. And she was like, right, OK, you know, they're not coming back here. And I was like, right, what are we going to say? Like my first thought was like, what lie are we going to make up that we can tell them? So like, I don't have to deal with them anymore. And straight away, without even missing a beat, she was like, um, we're going to tell them what they did and that it was out of order and that they're not coming back. Like, we're not going to make up shit. And it was the first time anybody had ever validated my discomfort as an employee ever. Like before then. I I think it would have just been like oh we'll make up something we'll you know we'll we'll figure something out. No, the the option had never been to confront it head on and tell them to get fucked like that had never right. happened. And like I was like we can do that. Like I didn't I didn't even know that was an option. So like, um, you know, for people that are watching the class for the first time and thinking like oh is there something I should have said is there something I could have done, don't dwell on it. Just like take it as that bit of validation that like yeah there's, you can totally do that. You don't have to make up like an excuse as to why you can't see them anymore. Like you can communicate to them that they're not welcome back for that specific reason. And that was a huge turning point for me. By that point, I would have been in my mid-twenties. Um, So I would have spent all of my early twenties, never really hearing that it was out of order when someone right. behaved. It was just kind of like, oh, what are you going to do? Lil got another crazy one. You know, like, it was never an option. So that for me, even though it was tiny, uh, it was definitely like a pivotal moment for me. Um, so hopefully, um, some people can watch the video or hear this and like recognize that it is actually totally an option to, to tell people to get fucked, basically. <laughs> uh, very
1: eloquent, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I I also just want to say that like it's not our class. Like when you referenced it is like a a joint, a joint venture, like you, you wrote it, you did all the work to prepare this, a lot of thoughtful work went into it. I only helped with a little bit of the back end production and and publishing, but it's, it's very much your class. And I think you should be really proud of it, putting it out there. I think it's a great resource for the, the community. And that's one of the reasons why it was also important for it to be totally free. It's not, you don't, need to subscribe to my patreon page it's publicly open you can just go to my patreon page and it's it's free access you can watch it um patreon.com slash ryan pba but it's uh it's 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 lola's class and it's it's lola's hard work and she deserves the the full praise for it
0: well you'll know that i was very very worried about releasing it probably more so than any of the other educational stuff that i've released because purely because it's such an emotive subject and it's such a nuanced subject and there's a lot of thought that goes into it and it opens up a lot of different boxes for people. Um, And so I think whenever you're discussing that sort of thing, like, yeah, it can be upsetting and people will have different thoughts about it. So it's always very, I mean, even when we record podcasts, a lot of the time it makes me very anxious and very nervous. So taking something that can be a bit of a hot potato issue and just putting it out there with my name on it is really, really scary. But again, it was like, what am I going to do? Not share it. Like, you know, it just didn't seem, it just seemed like a no brainer. Like if people, if if there's any kind of conflict to come from it, any disagreement, any divergence of opinion, like if it helps one person, then it's totally worth it.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's only been published for a, a few days at this point, but it, it's it's gotten only positive uh, feedback so far. And...
0: Oh, I was just going to say one thing I wanted to stress as well is that it's not like a girl's class. You know what I mean? Like this isn't like a private girls assembly where we talk about issues that affect women like it's an industry-wide problem that affects people of of all age brackets all genders and sexes and we do go into that quite a lot in the class as how important it is that this isn't like this sex segregated issue that's part of the problem is when it's treated like a sex segregated issue so if you're thinking it's not relevant to you like i would i would give it a watch anyway
1: yeah i i I don't want to give Everything off on the, the podcast because I think it's important that people watch the full presentation. But another thing that you mentioned was that even if you don't feel like a direct sense of personal threat or personal offense or or whatever, um it's still important to just be aware of the behavior because when if you brush it off as like a oh, you know, no big deal, what are they gonna do to me or or no big deal, I'm just gonna laugh it off or you know, shove them out the door, or make an excuse or whatever. Then they feel emboldened where, you know, the next time they'll push the boundary a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, they'll keep coming back. They'll, they'll know that like a body piercing studio could be again, a target of opportunity when you can put your foot down and you can say, this is a professional workspace and, you know, move on from there, take additional steps. But it's important to acknowledge when something inappropriate happens within a professional space. Yeah. Well, uh, again, it's completely free and open access, so uh, I hope that people will give it a chance, give it a watch. Uh, I think it's a fantastic bit of of information, and I would just like to um, praise you and say uh, I think you did a very good job on it, and I I think you should be very proud of it. Thank you. To uh, continue talking about Education uh, with it being conference season, really. Like, like a lot of people in the States might think of conference as just the APP conference in Las Vegas, but there are so many other conferences that have popped up around the world. They're fantastic. A lot of them are, are grouped together so they can share instructors and, and reduce costs for, for travel, things like that. But uh, in September, we'll be at the BMXnet conference. Uh, this year, it will be in Berlin, Germany. Typically, it's in Essen, Germany at Unperfect House, which is a a really special venue. So it's a shame to see it move away from from that venue. It's kind of like home venue. But I think the conference has kind of outgrown the space in a way. They're making a lot of different changes in the space where maybe it's not going to to be the best venue for BMX going forward. So they're trying a new venue in in Berlin. We'll be teaching some classes there. Uh, We'll talk about kind of the specifics uh, in a little bit, but. We'll be doing BMXNet together in Germany. Then after that, uh, I'll be going on to the Professional Piercers Poland conference with Jeff Saunders. We'll be going to that for a few days. Uh, That should be exciting. Then after that, I'm going to head to the UK and link up with you again. And then we're going to be going to the, the UK APP conference in Manchester. Pretty packed trip. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the prep. What I'm what I'm doing is like workshop style education. A a lot of the educators that are flying in, traveling in are doing more um, lecture style, technique style. And we will be talking about techniques, but rather than doing like a slideshow PowerPoint type presentation, we do the the open techniques workshop, which is something that we've done in the past together. That was actually wasn't that our first class that we were ever thrown into together? We were thrown into kind of like a mishmash techniques class like years and years ago.
0: The first class that we did together was a needle bending workshop okay. with Jeff. So I met him for the first time in the class that we were teaching together.
1: Yeah. Well, um, we did that. We, we've done open technique classes uh, at, at BMXNet and at UKAPP before. So I think that's a, a big comfort zone for us with slideshows. I think it's great to focus on one subject for the full class time. But I think lots of people go and like they might have a question on something that doesn't need a full hour or hour and a half to answer. It might only need five to 10 minutes. So I think what we like to specialize in with the open techniques class is just give us that. Give us your question. Give us the the one thing that's been like a sticking point for you and you give your perspective, I give mine. And then we can maybe show some, some live demonstrations on people, whether it's marking or whether it's how to apply a tool or tissue bracing or tissue evaluation, all these different things. And I love I love those workshops. So we'll be doing that together um, at at both BMX and UKAPP,
0: and it's participation based as well because we're working on volunteers primarily. And last year we had some really good ones. We did. Um, I remember we did some marking for um, flat nipples, inverted nipples, that kind of thing. So we had someone volunteer and um, and looked at different techniques for effective marking um, that I think would have wouldn't have been as clear if it had been on a slideshow like there's a lot that you can convey on a slideshow but the 3d element of working on a nipple that's going to change so dramatically to, you know from hot cold sitting standing seeing it from all of those different angles and seeing it live and yeah. marked in real time a couple of different ways i can i hope would have been valuable for people
1: I think that the, one of the bigger elements that goes into the air quotes like experienced piercer is seeing lots of variations, lots of different body types and being versatile with like tissue evaluation and, and, and performance and stuff. And nothing illustrates that better than the random luck of the draw. Who has a question? What do you want to talk about? Oh, you want to talk about marking? Would you mind being a model for this? Or could we get another model? And You know, what what do we have for like the anatomical variances? So I always really enjoy those classes. Um, I'll be doing uh, my safe practices in the the piercing room workshop, I I believe, in Poland and UK APP, um, talking about health and safety, how to properly set up without contaminating everything as you go. How to use things, keeping them in their their cleanest uh, state as long as possible, and how to properly clean up at the end so that you can protect yourself and you know other other staff members and the next client. So I, I really enjoy safe practices. Uh, I've done that one loads and loads and loads. I think I've been teaching that class off and on for the last ten years or so. So I'm really comfortable with that. I'm only be I'm only going to be doing one slideshow technique based class between the the three conferences i'll be doing my my naval variations class i did a similar class last year at uk that was the first time i performed it because i I had written it for that conference but this version will be um similar but updated with a couple different anatomical variations showing different naval shapes and explaining how to pierce it successfully for long-term viability all those different things how to mark How to um, clamp or brace with your fingers, how to install jewelry, the differences between uh, a forward facing navel piercing and kind of that downward um, floating navel type style and how maybe one or the other might be over overutilized, underutilized, uh, all the different issues related to to navel piercing. So I'm looking forward to that. And you've been writing. Well, how, how many technique classes are you doing between those conferences? Is it is it two different classes?
0: So for BMXNet, I'm doing my PA fundamentals class, which is a class that I really love doing because it came about in um, just a really organic way. My Not my current apprentice, but my former apprentice. So this is years and years ago. Um, like I was discussing PAs with them and we got to talking about it. And just through talking about it, I was like, I could talk for an hour and a half about this. Like there's there's so much in terms of variation and so much to consider that I ended up writing the class really organically just as kind of an offshoot from thinking that there was a lot of source material there. Um, and I just thought that I, I had some input and insight into it, especially given that most of the clients that I work on are intact and not circumcised, which I didn't even realize how huge of a deal that was to like US-based piercers at that point yeah. as well. Yeah. So I've done this a few times, but I've never done it at BMXNet. I've done it at UKPP, and we've done it online together. But I haven't actually done it at BMXNet because BMXNet is quite scary for me. I don't know why, but last year was the first year I actually taught there. And a few people said, like, are you sure? Like, you've never instructed here before? And I was like, no, because its I, I think it's scary. Um, so last year was the first year that I actually instructed, and it went fine. I did my bridge class, and I, I thought that it went well. So um I'm back this year doing my PA class which will have the, the the class supplement with it and I'm currently reviewing um the whole class uh just to make little tweaks. I like to review things um before they're done again. Uh even if it's just to like update pictures or update terminology or just look at it with fresh eyes and be like that looks crooked this looks crooked let's change this this is the wrong font that's the wrong color. You know like I the 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 visual of the class it might might not look spectacularly fancy but I do actually spend quite a lot of time thinking about it um, so I've been doing that for the PA class and then for UKPP my brand new class is uh, size matters um, which is like matters of size around initial piercing jewellery
1: I don't want to undersell that one in particular the the, the Prince Albert one you've had that written you've been updating it but you've had that written for the past few years you've performed that before but the sizing class how did you end up choosing that class to write
0: um I had like a real creative block and I like to make new classes and and write new things um to try and keep what it is that I'm doing fresh because like you say like there is a conference season and what what you'll find is there are a lot of classes that are repeated year to year and repeated place to place and a lot of the instructors are the same and there's nothing wrong with that because there are new attendees that go to these conferences every year so the repetition I think is important to make sure that everyone gets the state the same level and standard of education year in year out but there are also a lot of people that are going to multiple conferences and I just like to be able to bring something that I haven't shown before and it's It's just like a personal thing that that I like to do. And this year I had a real creative block, um, probably just due due to work stress and like feeling really busy and not being able to put a lot of creative thinking towards that. And I'm not going to kind of like give away too much that we'll discuss in the class, but I think part of it is just that huge rapid evolution of jewelry styles becoming available um, and there being a kind of a stopgap in the education around style and size and design and people just thinking, well, this is from a good company. So everything must be safe to use. Everything can go on everything, which isn't, isn't true at all. So um, where there will be other classes that focus more on material standards, this is really more about like viability and size and style and design and looking at what goes into those choices. Um, so it's it's a one hour class, which is short for me, but I've been trying to ramble less um and i really wanted it to just be like tight but really packed with useful information and helpful images so um i i hope that um some people can can watch it and pick up at least one or two little tips that'll help them when it comes to initial piercing choices
1: well you've been working on it for quite a while now when do you, when do you think like other than just the brainstorming parts of it when do you think you actually started making a a, a, an actual presentation six months ago feels
0: like it was 1985 yeah like I've been working like I we've talked about this a lot but sometimes with what's a creative task um I can either fly through it or really struggle with it depending on what it is and I think because I've had a lot of other things going on it's like I know what I want to say, and then I sit down to make a presentation, and then I get really upset and frustrated with myself that the presentation doesn't look like the thing I'm trying to say, and then that's the thing that takes all of the time.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so I've kind of gotten like ninety five percent there with it, and I'm going to save the last five percent for when you're here, so I can actually practice the class with you, um, and then just like tweak any last little bits. But I'm I'm happy with how it's come out, like um it's kind of at first it's like oh do I have enough to say and then it's oh I have too much to say and then it's okay well a lot of that stuff doesn't make sense and just trying to create a narrative that's the most effective because I think it's important to teach to the person in the room who knows the least amount about this stuff you know mm-hmm. like there's always going to be people there that are like well I know all of this you know this is pointless for me because I know all of and you're like I'm thrilled for you that is wonderful but like there, there are going to be a lot of lurkers at these conferences always that feel too scared to say like I actually didn't know that or oh yeah, it, and the more you stand up there and say this is so fundamental, obviously you all know about this, right? Um, the more that happens, the more people feel like oh well, shit, you're like I, I don't understand this, and I'd better not say anything. So I really tried to write the class to benefit everybody, but especially people who might have missed that fundamental education that my apprentice is currently getting um they might have missed that in their career so hopefully it'll help fill that little bit of a gap that will help push people to being better at what what it is they're doing at work
1: yeah i I think it's a really well-made class i think the information is good i always like the way that you put things together from like an aesthetic side too like your your classes don't look Intimidating, they have a nice flow to them, and the information is top notch. But you've been working on it for a really long time. You've been putting loads of hours into it, especially over the last month. You've really been going into overdrive, like making it a really good class. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to, to like hear some of the feedback from it. Um I think it'll I think it'll help a lot of piercers because there's this kind of knowledge gap between like Yes, I've done some piercings, but maybe I I don't have a lot of education or experience on the finer points of jewelry. A lot of the jewelry I'm using is like one-size-fits-all type stuff. And then once you maybe move into that space where you're focusing more on the aesthetic elements, like really nice gold fronts, gold end pieces, attachments, things like that, you might struggle with, well, what goes on the back? What size post do I pick? What size backing on that post? All those different factors that sometimes people you know, may have some little slip ups with. So it's great to give them the tools to, to be able to put it together themselves.
0: Well, that's a big part of the class. Like you say, having the tools to understand not just what to use, but why to use it. And like, yeah. what's the logic behind those choices? Because a lot of the knowledge that we get, we get generationally. And there's value in generational knowledge. There's wisdom in generational knowledge. But sometimes, things are just kind of passed down for no good reason. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we just do it this way because we do it this way. So it's kind of trying to weed out what actually makes sense and what should maybe be reassessed a little bit or modernized or updated. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate the UKPP letting me do it um, because I think I was quite late to sign on for a class this year because I wasn't really sure what I would be doing. So um, I really tried to to make sure that it would be something of value, and I appreciate it being included. Um, and I hope that people enjoy it. Um, but you know, usually I, I worry a lot, and then everything everything turns out kind of okay. Uh,
1: I have complete confidence in you, as usual. So that's what we're doing for the September conferences, and then in October. Um, I'll be going to Australia for the first time. I'll be teaching at the uh, Australasian Professional Piercers Conference, AUPP, in in Sydney. I'm really looking forward to that. Going to Australia was a huge career goal of mine pre-COVID. Like, I had thoughts and plans, like early ideas about doing multiple seminars there and all that stuff. Everything got dashed, obviously, in 2020. So I'm glad that I get to go back. Um, I'm glad that I get to be there for the first AUPP conference because I've been kind of uh, keeping keeping tabs on different groups of piercers around the world. And, I, you know, I always want to to notice and applaud them for their progress and the hard work and all the volunteering and that, that goes into these organizations popping up and then getting to the point where you can have uh, have it, it, full on events and, and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be in, uh, in October. And just to kind of uh, announce it now, um, I'll be staying for a few days after the the conference, and I'll be putting on a, a private seminar um, the the day after. So October uh, twenty six in Sydney at Stoneheart, I'll be offering a, a full day advanced seminar on bevel theory and needle modification. Um, I'll be doing my presentation about like needles, but then I'll be showing you in person, you know how to actually, flatten, crush, modify a needle, the type of tool to use. And then I'll, you know, you'll be doing it also um, along with me in the workshop. We can pierce some different media, banana skins, things like that. And yeah, I can really show you the differences. I can show different needle bends and we can talk a lot about that kind of open techniques sort of learning. You have a question, well, here's my interpretation of the the answer. Here's my version of the, the method that I would use for that piercing based on uh, their questions. So uh, you can go ahead and get signed up for that now if you're interested. The sign-up page is available at ryanpba.com. Um, and also I'll share it on my uh, Facebook Body Art Education by Ryan Willette page. But that'll basically be what I'm doing for in-person education for, uh, through the rest of the fall. But um, another save-the-date for people is I would just like to say save-the-date for Sunday, November twelfth, twenty 2023. Uh, Because that will be the next webinar that Lola and I are doing together. The subjects are still to be determined. So we'll announce that um, on one of the upcoming podcasts. I'd imagine we'll be recording a bunch of different podcasts over all those different conferences. So I'll I'll go into more detail about what classes we've decided to to do. But uh, Sunday, November 12th, save the date and we'll have another webinar available.
0: think it's pretty exciting that you're going to be doing a a class at Stoneheart. Um, When I went to the international members meeting APP this year, um, Joel and Suzanne were both there um, and they spoke a little bit about how they've been really trying to like foster an environment of community Um, and I just think that if you're somebody Um, who's thinking about going and worried that there's going to be like a competitive environment or like a competitive vibe or like you know conflict from different studios like I think that the AUPP is really trying to promote like a community atmosphere where people can just like meet up and hang out and ask questions and learn about stuff like I think they've really put a lot of time into that Um, so like I think that it's it's cool that you're teaching a class there and like exciting and I hope that you know people um attend it and learn some stuff and don't feel self-conscious if maybe they haven't attended a private piercing seminar in Australia before or in that area before that they don't feel like oh is it going to be kind of scary or they're going to be my competitors there you know that kind of thing um so hopefully it'll be a really fun experience for everybody
1: yeah uh, I I really enjoy doing my my like open techniques type, uh, type education because it, it really re- reduces a lot of barriers. I don't think that a, a piercing organization or a community of piercers can really advance if it's us versus them all the time. Um, you really have to look at it as a community in, in one of those scenarios where the more that we all know, the better we all do. So talk about information, share information, be open to new ideas and, and talk about your ideas. And I, I'm really looking forward to it Bevel theory is probably one of my favorite subjects to teach. And that's really just the the jumping off point of this is how you can utilize the the basic fundamental tool of body piercing, the needle. This is how you can use it in maybe different ways, or you can get a little bit more out of the the needle itself. So uh, again, we have a bunch of different education going on. Um, You can watch Lola's Predicting and Preventing Predatory Behavior presentation for free on my Patreon page with or without an account, with or without a subscription. Uh, it's totally free to the public at patreon.com slash PBA in September. We'll see you at um, either the BMX net conference in Germany, professional piercers in Poland or UK APP. Hopefully we'll see you at one of those three. Um, I will see people in Australia in October for the AUPP conference. And then I'll be doing my private seminar uh, the day after the, the, the conference is over. So Uh, I believe it's Thursday, October 26th. Um, I'll be doing my uh, private advanced seminar. Really looking forward to that. And if you are interested in another one of our webinars, uh, keep Sunday, November 12th open, and we'll have some more announcements for that stuff as as the date approaches. Uh, I also want to just kind of drop in like some of the new video stuff that I've been uh, making for my Patreon page. I just published a video about Uh, anti-tragus piercings. And I I was very happy to publish it because that was one of those piercings where I felt so self-conscious about them for years. I would see other people post pictures and be like, what are they doing that's so different from me? Because theirs look great and mine look fine. You know, They they healed fine, but they didn't look great. Now I'm at a place where I I think that I can put out an anti-tragus piercing that looks great and I'm really proud of my results. So I just, I wanted to share that video as like a personal growth kind of thing, but also this is what went into it. Th- these are the methods that I use to, to get those results. And these are the things that I had to struggle with and, and work on and refine to get to a point where I felt confident uh, with them, you know, especially like sharing a video of me performing one. Sometimes that takes a lot of like, uh, like like you, when you get nervous, when you release new videos and you teach new classes, you get nervous about the potential criticism. I month to month get very nervous about the potential criticism when I am just putting my my video content out there being like, this is how I do it please be nice to me when you watch it.
0: And we, and we do and have had criticism as well, you know, like at yeah. points over time. And I think it's like, that's another thing um, when it comes to preparing classes for people that are coming into instructing and learning about instructing that they're not prepared for is that they're not always universally liked and approved of. Like people oh, are yeah. going to have about the work that you put out and you have to like be okay with it. And also like know when to take the feedback, know when it's, you know maybe something that you can't change or knowing it's something that you can change um I think that's like something that people probably don't realize with the amount of work that you put out there is the anxiety and, and the stress over like how things are going to be received never really goes away but I think that that worry about it is what helps keep your work tight and keep you on top of really scrutinizing what it is you put out um, yeah. and being thoughtful about what it is that you put out Um, so I, I look forward to seeing the, the anti Tragus video. I like my shout out in it. I get a shout out in the anti Tragus video as well.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's very convenient for me as a body piercer to just, uh, I just happen to be dating a massively experienced and very talented, very skilled body piercer. I've learned a lot from from you uh we've we we've all we've had great conversations loads and loads of conversations and some of them are you know talking about how cute the other one's butt is but a, a lot of times it's also the the deep like core beliefs that we have as body piercers like this is how i do it and this is why your version and my version and a lot of times we kind of we don't argue about things but we debate issues and i think it makes both of us stronger piercers so i like i like to take The best things that I've seen you do, and I like to incorporate them where I can in my practices and and maybe a little bit vice versa, too. So I appreciate everything that I've learned from from you, especially how to how to love.
0: Yeah. And how how to make tea.
1: Yeah. How to make proper British tea. Um, so I've got the anti tragus video that's available now for people on the Archmage tier on my Patreon. Uh, the video I'm working on currently is um, for dukes piercings. Some people might um, refer to them as paired hood piercings, uh, but I explain in the video why I'm specifically using the the terminology of dukes. Um, specifically using uh, more masculine terminology, and a lot of that is is client preference driven. Um, in the, the terminology that I use when I talk about those piercings in particular. So I have a video about Duke piercings uh, that will be publishing sometime in September. I am currently working on it now, and I should probably, I'm going to work on it on the road. I'm going to wrap it up sometime during Germany or Poland or UK, somewhere in there, and I will publish it in September and then on to the next one and the one after that and the one after that. Uh, anything that you would like to add at the end to, to kind of wind it down?
0: I mean, not not really, like n- nothing that I could just casually drop in without going
1: off on a tangent, so. You can go off on a tangent, that's okay, it's a podcast. Just, I don't know. there, is there anything that, that's important enough to go on a tangent about? Well,
0: I mean, I guess I, I made a post today about um, the difficulties and barriers involved in accessing funding in the body art community, by which I mean that. Um, If you're a body artist, you know, self-employed or a limited company or a sole trader or whatever your legal status is, um, it's still completely possible and in some cases likely for a bank to still refuse to give you a business account. And I don't know what status this is in America, but in the UK, it's a well-documented thing that tattoo studios in particular are often rejected for bank accounts and piercings by association are often put in the same category. there's a few different reasons on paper for that but the thing is banks are just private institutions they can discriminate against whatever business they want because the business isn't a person so you can be as discriminatory as you want towards whatever business you want as a private institution and um i think a lot of people aren't aware of that and uh i i teach a class called transitioning from externally threaded jewelry, which is a real deep dive, not just into how to use better jewelry, but how to actually um, like reinvest into your business and grow your business when you don't have access to funding. And this to me, it was just another reminder of why that class is so important to me. It's probably the most valuable class that I have in terms of the knowledge that it gives back because um the, the argument that I kept seeing over and over and over again in forums was, well, you should be buying better jewelry. You should be bu- investing in this, investing in that. You should be doing this and that. And I was like, all of that stuff needs money. And if you're really saying, if you don't have the money, you can't be doing the work, then you you put this paywall um, in front of, you know, who's allowed to be a piercer. And it really comes down to, at that point, generational wealth. If you're coming from a working class background where, you don't have people who can help get you started and you don't have any access to funding. It it just, I understand the argument of saying let's not do unsafe work, but it has always made me feel deeply uncomfortable. The narrative that this is an industry you have to be, you know, like at least in some way wealthy to be able to get a foot up in that's always really bothered me. Um, and when you're in an environment where you can just openly be denied funding because of the industry that you're in, uh, I don't know if, if that's just, uh, that'll that'll be different from country to country and place to place. But I just thought that it was something that was worth putting out there to make people aware of that when you advise people to just have more money, it sometimes glosses over the inequalities in terms of access to working capital. Um, and it's it's maybe not as helpful as it sounds. To tell people no. to just take out a loan when they when they literally can't access one anywhere.
1: Yeah, and the other things you want to realize too is yes, people can buy jewelry and upgrades out of their personal savings, but the the way that you actually like grow a business and, and grow any sort of personal wealth or income or or whatever is you can also maximize Um, business deductions and and tax advantage, all those different things. And if you're doing that through just your personal savings, sometimes you don't get the same opportunities for deductions and and long-term financial gain because it's not spent through a business account. It's not spent through a business entity, all all these different things. And so they're like... I don't know if it would be appropriate for me to, to write a financial tips class because I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a business owner that, that had to deal with some like annoyances along the way.
0: A lot of people don't like to talk about it because it feels private in a lot of ways to talk about things like finances, especially when you're struggling financially. It's there's a big tab around talking about it as a subject. And I do completely also understand that there's a lot of excuse making, there's a lot of people hiding behind excuses that could be working better or smarter or safer that aren't. So like I do understand the frustration when I when I see piercers saying like you should be spending more money on this. But I always have to take a second to be like, well, how can we make that happen? Like, how can I work with this person to help make that happen with them? Which is why I wrote the class that I did, because it's like because I've been through several different iterations of that process. And at no point have I just magically been able to start shitting money like I couldn't even get alone with the we break shins people, you know, like so it takes a lot of creative thinking. And I've, I've definitely learned a lot from you. It's, it's frustrating because a lot of the things that you can benefit from, I can't benefit from because of our economic differences and being in different countries. A lot of the things available to you just aren't available to me. Um, but I've definitely benefited a lot from thinking like, okay, for a long time, I was just living month to month with COVID and everything. Then it was like, okay, think about this time next year. And this month I've, or last month, I've been like, right, I got to think about the next five years because that's how long the lease is. So that's how long I'm roped into this for. So that's how long I have to be thinking about. So when you're even setting up things like utility contracts, you know, stuff that doesn't seem important and you're like, well, I'm going to be tied into this for five years. So this really matters. It's not just a throwaway thing. Um, so hopefully I'll get the chance to to teach that class again. Um, but it was just something that came up in my head today, um, you know, like a, from you can go and see the post if you like but I had a train of thought that got me thinking about it and and I always think that it's worth mentioning because I know that you get a lot of global listeners and I just think that it's important and validating for them to hear that like yeah sometimes it's shit sometimes it's a shit show and you have to just fucking work your ass off and it's not fair and it just is what it is and there are other people in that situation with you and like regardless of the differences I think that it's good when we can give each other help and tips to try and at least make things 5% better, even if someone isn't going to fix your problems for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, it's a good perspective to, to share. Um, Plenty of body. I've seen plenty of body piercers who are 10 or more years into their career and they're still kind of struggling with some of the things they might've struggled with early on because they just haven't, They haven't had the opportunities to put in those big infrastructure jumps. Um, So, you know, maybe that's something we can talk about more in the future. Maybe that's something where I I don't know that I'm really the person who should write a class on it, but I'm certainly happy to participate in more conversations about it. Um, But you
0: you should just encourage people to talk about it to each other. Like you don't have to die.
1: Or just get get an accountant, get a lawyer, get a bookkeeper and, and ask them their professional opinion.
0: Like, just don't keep it all inside and just think, I'm fucked. There's nothing I can do about this. Like yeah. so many tiny tweaks I've had to make to my business and so many more tiny tweaks I'm going to have to keep making to try and keep it profitable and keep it healthy. And it is a full-time job managing the business. And it's something we are not in any way trained to do most of the time as piercers. So um, yeah, just talk about it to each other. Talk talk to your colleagues in different countries they are in the same location as you, different locations as you. And just kind of like maybe be a little bit more open with sharing some of that information. You don't have to share your bank balance, but you know, like I think we can help each other out in that way a little bit more than we maybe do.
1: Yeah. And even when it's just kind of mentioning how difficult certain parts of a process are, Hey, don't forget, if you're looking for a new location, you have to make sure that you scout X, Y, and Z factor. Hey, if you're going to try to work with a bank, make sure you're aware of X, Y, and Z issue and, all kinds of stuff, but I, have learned a lot of lessons the hard way. And now that I know some of those lessons, it makes future business decisions uh, easier. Um, and I, I would like it if fewer piercers had to learn some of this stuff the hard way. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for taking time to record a podcast after working a full day. So I, I appreciate you doing that. And um, as we record this, I'm going to see you in uh, just about a week. I will see you in Germany, my my beautiful woman. Mein Baby. Mein Baby.
0: I was also uh, very good at eating my curry, so hopefully it doesn't come out on the podcast.
1: I didn't hear you eating your curry. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to include?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Okay. Where can people find you online?
0: Um. I can be found. Uh, on the piercing wizard podcast by mm-hmm. an all good podcast hosting sites near you
1: okay thank you you don't really know a lot about podcast platforms do you that sounded very uh-huh. generic yeah that's okay um all right well thank you for listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform um, check out our other stuff and hopefully we'll see you at one of these upcoming educational events. And uh, we'll be back with some more podcasts uh, over the next month or two because I'm, I'm sure we're probably going to do some interviews at these conferences. Bye.
0: Bye. Auf Wiedersehen.
1: For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like piercingwizardpodcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit PrecisionBodyArts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.